0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave mm-hmm. us a five star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go PHNX dot com pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year you are a dire. I'm die. i'm diehard about this guy his name is bo brock i'm johnny venerable let's talk about the arizona cardinals matchup this weekend at philadelphia which i don't know if you saw the trades this morning uh mm-hmm. eagle fans their ownership group their franchise they can't seem to get jonathan gannon's name out of their mouth despite their defense being terrible without him
1: that's right the uh the the x ex- continues to complain about what the other one didn't do and how they ruined their life and left them without a prom date that, that fateful day uh, way back when, and they just can't get over it. And it's yeah. unfortunate and they want to blame them for all their current issues. Um, you know, it's, it's their fault that they can't get off the field on third down. It's their fault that they have plummeted as far as the defensive rankings and they continue to try to scapegoat Jonathan Gannon, even though he's several months removed, nearly a full year removed from being the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, where he he served that role very well. But they want to continue to try to make up and conjure, you know, defensive coordinators that should have gotten the job, you know, beyond the people that they settled on. And it's just it's a ridiculous story. Josh Weinfors, Tim McManus of uh, McManus of ESPN collaborated on it and uh, put it together. But they're still, despite you know them figuring out you know fair compensation for what was deemed tampering from Monte Osfort, you know, getting on the phone and saying, "Hey, Jonathan, would you be interested in interviewing for a head coaching job?" Yeah, I'd be interested in that to that extent. And they're just their life was ruined, and they're still trying to pick up the pieces. Well. Jonathan Gannon has since moved on and well-focused on his new gig as in changing the culture here for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm
0: embarrassed for the people who asked Jonathan Gannon about this still. Like, we knew this week was coming, and goodness, yeah. Gannon's going into this mismatch-up severely undermanned. Like, we're going to preview the game all week, but, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for the Cardinals, even with Gannon's, you know, awareness of what Philadelphia wants to do offensively to stop anybody right now based on their personnel. But we knew this was coming, Yet it's here and it irritates me all the same. Like move on with your lives. You're still very much in control of your division this year. He didn't cost you a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I mean it just it's it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed that they continue to harp on it. Yet this is a franchise that fired Doug Peterson. They fired Andy Reid, right? And Jonathan Gannon is currently in vogue to be hated there. And you know it doesn't help. Like I, Nick Sirianni was dicking around on radio and talking about I want Gannon to be comfortable, uncomfortable. I would say that to his face. I'm sorry, Nick. You look uncomfortable this year after you lost your two top performing coordinators on offense and defense. Don't talk about other peanuts. You're about to be uncomfortable when your team continues to regress. Like maybe worry about your own situation. First, you look like a one and done playoff team this year. But you mentioned the article. Winefuss, McManus, ESPN. This is an excerpt from the article. I want to read to everybody. So if you don't really know kind of the timeline, and good fucking hell, we've talked about it enough on this podcast. This mm-hmm. is a little bit more in the weeds from McManus and company. So this is from ESPN today. Um, The Eagles, according to McManus, lack of knowledge about where things good between Gannon and the Cardinals put them behind the eight ball. Uh, Cry me a river. You're a professional franchise. (laughs) Have a contingency plan. At the time, they were confident Gannon was returning for a third season. I can tell you unequivocally that's that's false. They thought Gannon was going to get the Houston job. So like you don't have somebody else ready to go. It wasn't until Friday before the Super Bowl that Austin Ford called Eagles GM Howie Roseman and told him he'd be submitting an interview request for Gannon after the Super Bowl in Eagles' source set. Vic Fangio, who was like hanging out on the Eagles coaching staff for like two weeks, mm-hmm. was around the team, was the top choice to replace Gannon. Well, if that's the case, then the Eagles did a shit job of making sure <laughs> Fangio knew, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go if Gannon's gone. If Gannon had relayed that he planned to interview with the Cardinals, the Eagles could have gotten "quote the ball rolling" on potential replacements. This reads to me like the whole article does, and this is not not you know this is this is the information that McManus and Weinfuss are getting that not from Eagle sources. Like that would not surprise me if that was Howie Roseman or Howie Roseman's mouthpiece. Like somebody from the executive team in Philadelphia is feeding McManus and Weinfuss that, and so they're reiterating it, like. If you just weren't prepared, you were caught with your pants down. Sorry, it happens, like, and you're paying the price for it this year. If you thought Jonathan Gannon, which they did, everybody was basically well known. Like the owner in Houston wanted D'Amico Ryan's. And that's been a good move for them. The general manager wanted Jonathan Gannon. Gannon thought he was getting that job. He went through cycles of interview processes two years ago. And this year was supposed to be the crescendo, and it was, but it was just a little bit later. Philadelphia. Bitched and they moaned and they complained and they got the league to dock the Cardinals a third. Mm. Didn't help that Nick rollis on his own free will, told the Eagles, "I don't want anything to do. I'm leaving. I'm going with Jonathan Gannon. I'm yeah. gonna be his defensive coordinator." So yeah. it's it's sour grapes, but it's I'm not surprised by it at all.
1: It's not a, a valid reason to not be able to fill the position with somebody that can continue. To help this defense like it it doesn't give them a hall pass for picking Sean Desai and saying, well, we were handcuffed because of what Jonathan Gannon did. And Benjamin Albright came on this podcast a month before Gannon even had an official interview with the Arizona Cardinals and said, oh, and you guys are going to interview Jonathan Gannon. He said that he had that officially sourced. So Benjamin Albright knows better than than Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman doesn't that know that Jonathan Gannon, who orchestrated and was the architect of that defense that racked up those seventy sacks and those seventeen interceptions, was going to be a hot commodity during the NFL coaching carousel? Are our, you that
0: oblivious and ignorant? Our general manager, I think he said this on on our show before. When you and and Saul Bookman were at the Super Bowl party last year, it was a Monday Super Bowl party. Yeah, we had we, the three of us were on a text chain. And, like, they saw Cardinal brass around Jonathan Gannon at one point. And that put up the flares. That was the that was the Monday before the Friday that supposedly Philadelphia knew that the interview was happening. All this is garbage. This is Philadelphia trying to stir shit up because they're upset, because they've been embarrassed now this season. They were embarrassed in the offseason. If Nick Rallis took the defensive coordinator job in Philadelphia— the, the tampering charge would never be filed. That's my opinion. Mm. But how can you dispute that? They had sour grapes because they lost both their coordinators, and then their AR apparent to JG said, I'm good, and came to the desert. And so they had to complain. And this is what happens. It's, just, it's really unfortunate because I, I think there is a segment of the Eagle fan base that has wised up to the idea that losing Gannon as a <laughs> defensive coach, as a leader – is detrimental to the team. Yeah, Like I like Vic Fangio, like the Dolphins defenses. They're solid, right?
1: Philadelphia. No, They're unbelievable. They're, they're uh, Dolphins. The second half of the season, they've been unreal. They they've been like unbelievable with, even with the Phillips injury, like they've been fantastic. What Vic Fangio has been able to do down there in South beach, but look, come on. I'm trying to compare it to the Gannon season last year. For sure. And it's pretty comparable, right? I mean, as far as think, big time numbers, do you think what the Dolphins are doing this year is comparable to what Gannon's defense? you you watched some recent, like like what they're finally finding their rhythm in, in under under Fangio, and, and he's showing that he he is a, one of the better defensive minds, you sure, know, they look in, good against in, Dallas, in the History of the game, sure. but look like is Vic Fangio like to think that just because he number one you had him in house for two weeks. And you couldn't like even set the groundwork. Like you didn't feel like maybe you just need to have a conversation. And then Fangio signs the deal on February fifteenth. I think it was the day after Jonathan Gannon officially became the next Arizona Cardinals head coach. But like to say you cost us, Vic Fangio is oh pretty damn ignorant. Like that is. Nick Fangio, like he's going to choose. Like, I, I know that Philadelphia is a team on the rise, obviously the run of the super bowl and a lot of intriguing, like really rock solid young players, especially on that defensive side of the football. But you know, what's going on in Miami. They're just as a team trending in the right direction, what they can do offensively. You know about that. Mike McDaniel was one of the hottest, you know, head coaches coming off his rookie season. And then you go to Florida and you couple in they're like no state income tax. You got sunshine year round, like, and you're going to, and you're Philadelphia and saying, well, it's an even playing field because we had a good football team in place. And then he was here for two weeks. It's like, no, you're not the same. Like, the Dolphins' job was the, probably the most appealing defensive coordinator position in all of football last year. And I, I can tell you definitively, Vic Fangio also was
0: waiting to see if Jim Harbaugh was jumping in the NFL. If Jim Harbaugh had gotten the Vikings' job, like the Vikings, I mean, when was that, two years ago? And then this past year, when he was going through like the circulation of, is he going to jump to the NFL? Vic Fangio and Jim Harbaugh are very close. Would it would have joined J- Jim Harbaugh's staff? Like, I don't I, like the connection with Fangio, I think was by and large through Jonathan Gannon, like which a lot of people don't understand is like Jonathan Gannon has a relationship with Vic Fangio dating back to when Fangio was with the Chicago bears. Like that relationship mm-hmm. isn't through Nick Sirianni. It was through Jonathan Gannon. So a lot of people thought could, you know, Vic Fangio eventually joined the staff. So I, I think it's just, it's very frustrating if you're a Cardinal fan and we were at the combine last year. I know I've talked about this before, but like the Philadelphia media is just relentless with this story. I'm guessing cause it does well, like clicks wise, engagement wise, social media wise. But I feel like kind of read the room a little bit. I, the angle I right now I'm sure is like, well, he caused us Vic Fangio and that's why our defense is bad this year. How mm-hmm. about just, we had a really strong, maybe an all time coaching staff last year and they've left and we are regressing because of that and we need to rebuild we need to retool and we're a you know billion multi-billion dollar franchise and being on the hook for a defensive coordinator that didn't happen should not go to the heir apparent like if i leave tomorrow if you leave tomorrow if any of us leave tomorrow from where we work Mm -hmm. our employer cannot come to us and say well you screwed us out of this (laughs) hand. we were going to hire look see how dip completely delusional that sounds yeah Dimwitted that sounds that's what the eagles would want you to believe again all those sources in the article come directly from the eagles ownership group executive group because they listen that article wouldn't be written right now if the eagles were 10th or 8th in total defense they would yeah. be like look how great we are it's our culture we don't need jonathan gannon the reason this story lives on is because of what we predicted how incompetent and how big time the <laughs> eagles have regressed without jg So they have to keep the narrative going. Congratulations.
1: You've done it. Just enough to conjure up some noise before he comes back. And with a severely undermanned roster and probably to use Gannon's words, gets effing gutted, unfortunately at the hands of this Eagles offense, but defensively, like if you're the Eagles, like, and I see, is it step in in the chat saying like they're 10 and four, what are we upset about? It's like, because defensively they're fraudulent. Like, When they go up against the better teams in the NFC uh, and they're going to have to play in a wild card round, most likely, you know, how are they going to perform? Are they going to be one and done? Like this defense is fully capable of wrecking their wild card weekend potentially because of you know they decided to re up with Bradbury and and yeah. go back to the negotiation table with Darius Slay and bet on some you know older corners and then also they bring in Jalen Carter who they're gift wrapped right the best defensive player in the draft but yet they can't make it work out and then they they completely just let their two linebackers inside linebackers walk via free agency like that's but that's Jonathan Gannon's fault. That's Jonathan Gannon's fault. Howie Roseman's going to point, well, that's JG's fault, that, that we couldn't match what Kizer White got from the Cardinals. What was it, two years, $12 million. TJ Edwards, I know, was going to be a big number. And, and you don't want to spend money on, on those positions that aren't deemed premium. But, you know, that factors into it. But they all want to put all the blame on the shoulders of their former defensive coordinator because it's just too convenient.
0: Yeah. How's, uh, re, re, you know reinterpreting the georgia defense of a couple of years ago hey we're going to get every georgia defender and it's going to translate no uh, maybe the people who are teaching them technique coaching them every day putting them in positions to succeed maybe those people matter maybe it's not just about the players in the sec dominating college football like they're jordan davis and kobe dean they just tried to just reinvent georgia yeah. defense in the nfl no you've regressed this year reed blankenship was a byproduct of jonathan gannon and now everybody wants to run him out of town in Philadelphia. Well, maybe he just needs a better coach, better defensive coach. I, I, I I'm sure that the Cardinals, their much maligned defense, feels very fortunate to have Jonathan Gannon at the helm. The, the, the staples of this defense, the Garrett Williams, the Dante Stills, the B.J. Ojulari's, the players that they're going to build around, the Buda Bakers, Jalen. Tom- is it like I think Jalen Thompson is a damn good player. He's having his best year to date. Jonathan Gannon at the helm. Like there's something to that. So. Let's get to some of these super chats. You guys are crushing it. Chaz, $1.99. Yannon going to gut them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see this be a competitive game. I, I just don't know how that happens given the state of the Cardinal roster. Merv, uh, 9 dollars kind of reiterates that. I generally hope AZ Cardinals practice squad slash XFL roster makes this game competitive and embarrasses the fucking Eagles. It doesn't have a result in a win, but my God, exposing them would be amazing. I think that... If there was ever a game and somebody put this in the chat earlier, time for Johnny to predict another big game from Kyler. I and I know he sat out practice today with a bug. Good hell. If Jonathan Gannon could get a all-star level performance from Kyler Murray one, one time this year, mm-hmm. have him have his back in Philadelphia. Tyrod Taylor lit up this defense last week. Can Kyler Murray go in and like put 30 points up on this defense and you just kind of let the chips fall where they may? I would absolutely love that. I would sign up for that in a second. Now, I just if the Eagles though want to line up and run, you know, Swift and Jalen
1: Hurts a hundred times, the Cardinals do not have the personnel to stop
0: that. If they're smart, they'll do that.
1: Yeah, and and it's going to be a heavy run day for for Philly, no doubt about it. And then once they run, 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 run. Just a little, throw a little pass to Devontae Smith or a uh, AJ Brown or even Dallas Goddard and it's gonna probably be a, be a big explosive by them because they they established the run so it's um it, it's just it would take a Herculean effort from a roster that is ill equipped especially dealing with all the injuries this year and you can say ah oh, you're making excuses but it's just what the way I see it is just. The roster wise, man for man, talent for talent, the Cardinals should have no business competing with the Eagles. And if they do and that you do get that, you know, superhuman effort by, from Kyler Murray and they put up points and, and they're like the Giants were possession away from tying a football game. Then that's, you know, that that's a, a form of a victory for the Arizona Cardinals going into Philly in week 17. Uh,
0: we've got people asking about the number one overall pick. Are the Cardinals going to sit players? We're going to have a lot more time to talk about that here in our next segment. But speaking of players, check out the players on display. How about Thursday night football? Little Jets, Cleveland Browns action. The Cardinals line was initially 13, Bo. It has since gone down to about 10 points. Uh, And while I'm not uh, strong enough, mentally strong enough, to take the Cardinals (laughs) plus 10 right now, I am going to dabble with our friends at DraftKings. The DraftKings pick of the week, I'm going to tell you right now, it is going to be the New York Jets plus seven. And speaking of DraftKings, I'm dabbling with the bonus code PHNX. It's time for the Parade in Pasadena. Traditional meets college football action in one epic bowl game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every single play count. We've got bowl games I think like five games tonight USC, we got UNC, no Caleb Williams, no Drake May, but still plenty of games to dabble on. New customers, 150 in instant bonus bets with just a $5 bet. So again, you're a new customer, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Five bucks is going to get you $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download it today. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problem. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 20-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Bonus bets, they do expire. So if you get them, use them. 168 hours after they issue, they do expire. League pass reward issue as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by January 15, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility
1: and restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources, Bo. If the Suns are going to get hot, it's got to be now, right? Look at the schedule tonight take on the Houston Rockets. What is oh. it? Did, you, did you say, is this PHNX Suns? Do I, do I need to switch off? Or what, what am I watching? No, like keep, keep it dialed here. They got the Rockets. They got the Hornets. They got the magic. They got the trailblazers. There should be some dubs there. And the only place you can catch it, you want to watch it uh, and not be extremely frustrated. Hopefully the frustration days are behind us. You can check them out on Arizona's family three TV and Arizona family sports channel. 44 sons, hopefully About to get hot against these mid NBA teams. Check them out. Wherever you live in the Valley or outside the Valley here in the great state of Arizona, maybe as far east as Albuquerque, you can tune in to Phoenix Suns with Arizona family, AZ family. Uh, right now, Cox Cable turned to channel 13 here in Phoenix. You can just get an antenna, maybe some rabbit ears, and you can tune into channel 3, 3.5, and channel 44 here in the Phoenix area. If you're outside, your Flagstaff, Yuma, Tucson, well, wherever you live in Arizona, visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games for listing information in your area. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns games on Arizona Family Sports. Drop a like. On this
0: video, let's get this vid to 250 likes. Help your boys out uh, here on PHNX Cardinals <laughs> live on a Wednesday. So, I was sitting last night, Bo, um, staying up too late, just kind of screwing around on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with somebody and I was like, Well, who, who, what's going on with the Panthers schedule? Who are the Panthers playing this weekend? <laughs> this is the conversation you're having. Yeah, late yeah. who's at night? my dad? And I'm sitting there and, you know, we're we're actually dabbling on DraftKings. I threw some money on UNLV. That didn't
1: go well. This Um, is dangerous. Let let me just say, the the picture that you're painting, people don't understand how dangerous this truly is. You've got two venerables. You've got young Johnny Venerable. You've got the other Johnny, uh, Mr. Venerable, Coach Venerable there. Mm -hmm. Two diehard Cardinals fans just uh, living and dying with this team. It's after hours. Who knows what's been consumed as far as alcoholic beverages. And you guys, you're dangerous right now. So what's the conversation? You're talking about the Carolina Panthers schedule. He looks at me and he goes, do you want the number one pick?
0: And I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, I don't don't think I do. Do I want the number one overall pick? We're two weeks. And then I'm like, you know, I got Greg Braggs Jr. at CHGO saying the Bears have a 96% chance to get the number one. I, I didn't even entertain it. I've watched
1: the Panthers all year. I had Chuba Hubbard in fantasy. They're terrible. Now, Greg dra- gra- Brags he he regurgitated that. No way he cracked the math on, on that himself. <laughs> he might have. There's he no way.
0: Have. There's no way. Um, so then, okay, so then he's like, you know, I'll give my dad credit. He's like, well, have you considered this? And I'm like, what? C.J. Beathard potentially could start for Jacksonville this week. Carolina goes to Jacksonville. And it sounds like Trevor Lawrence is going to play. His shoulder's screwed up. The Panthers have lost... I think four or five in a row, or excuse mm. me, the Jaguars. Mm. That's who Carolina plays today. I'm like, okay, big deal. They beat the Jaguars. What, what does that do for them? I said, they're going to play Tampa in week 18, and Tampa Bay, they're hot right now. They're like one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And Then I looked, I said, what's Tampa's clinching scenario this weekend? Can it happen? It probably needs like seven things to happen, right? Wrong. They play the Saints at home. Tampa Bay beats the Saints at home. Guess what? They lock up the NFC South. Guess what? They may sit people in week 18. Let's check out the remaining... Kyle Trask? Second. Could he be I, in line to start against the Carolina Panthers? Let's check out some sizing of some schedules here. The Arizona Cardinals, if they lose to the Eagles and Seahawks, are potentially C.J. Bethard and Kyle Trask away from securing the number one overall pick. Now, I don't think it's going to happen... <laughs> But I do think Cardinals lose to the Eagles, Panthers beat the Jaguars, and they're tied, and it's just the simplest strength of schedule that separates them. I mean, th- this is its borderline uncomfortable. Now, what I will say is like, I, I don't hate the idea of having the number one overall mm-hmm. pick. It's not my preference. I'd rather be in a safe spot to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But like, if the Cardinals get the number one overall pick, if this happens, Bo Brock, well, first of all, let me get your opinion. Do you think this can't happen, what I'm describing?
1: Well, I'm looking at the Panthers right there at 2 and 13. They haven't won two games in a row all season. They won two games all season. So to think that they can line it up in back-to-back Sundays and pull off dubs, I am very skeptical of that. I don't care who well. the opposing quarterback is. Well. Yeah, but it, I mean playing playing well. Come on. Bring up, bring up. I'm, I'm gonna bring up the Panthers last couple games. You, you, you say he's Wright's playing not, well. He the what does that he mean? Three hundred yards and two touchdowns. He
0: threw, Everybody, what that? Do you? Three touchdowns.
1: Three twelve and two touchdowns against the Packers. the Packers, and then, but in the win that he had, they won nine to seven. They had it, it was a three. Yeah, almost. good
0: defense.
1: <laughs> They beat the Falcons who were beating the, the snot out of everybody else. They have a good season. defense. They just gave up 30 points, but they got a good defense because they held the Falcons one time to seven points. Okay. So you're skeptical. It can happen even if they face CJ Beathard and, and Kyle Trask. Like it's, it's going to be a sweat. Like those games are going to be a sw- like one of them is going to be a sweat, but I don't think that they pull off back-to-back dubs. That would be, that, w- that would be pretty, that would be nuts. That would be, but And to say that it's completely out, I'm outside my mind to think it it couldn't happen. Um, But I think most likely scenario, max one more win for them. And then the strength of schedule does the work, but you know, the concern, your true concern about getting the number one pick is what?
0: That I think clearly I'm not the biggest Drake may guy. Mm -hmm. I, Caleb Williams is, is I still think with all his faults and the, the mad year that he had and, the issues off the field, the issues. I think Arizona Animal just said it. I, I think he he's a generational quarterback prospect. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that is presented to Austin Ford and Gannon again. And while that is not my preference, I don't think they're going to entertain Drake May this offseason. I I cannot tell everybody in this chat, I can't tell you and producer Jacob that they wouldn't entertain Caleb Williams.
1: I don't think anybody can. Right. They should. Like you need to have that conversation as an organization. As much as like, I understand the woes that go into a rookie quarterback, but business-wise, as an organization, you look at the arm talent that Caleb Williams possesses and the ability after one season of absorbing a ton of dead cap. It's not the Denver Broncos where you'd be absorbing probably multiple seasons, right? If you pulled off a trade for Kyler and you reset the quarterback, Contract, I mean, business-wise, it makes the most sense, especially if they're very similar as far as skill sets and what kind of conflict you're looking for from the opposing defense to be created from that quarterback.
0: I also think you have to factor in with Carolina. They have no incentive to lose. They are trying to win games, whereas if they own that number one overall pick, maybe there's a lack of urgency. They would love it to stick it to Chicago and say, "Well, we're not going to gift you the number one overall pick." You can't tell me that's not a factor here. They're playing hard, and again, like I, I think they're if they face two backup quarterbacks or if they face Trevor Lawrence with one arm and he can't throw the football, and Jacksonville's mm-hmm. reeling and people might get fired there, it will be interesting to see if we are here this time next week and they have the same record and the only thing that separates them. Is a Week 18 loss, and if the Arizona Cardinals lose, at, you know, in Seattle uh, against Seattle, I mean, to me, it's just, I, I think, no one's talking about it. It's not like I'm bringing it up for the first time, but I, I don't see anybody running with this. Where it's like, the schedule could align for the Panthers to really screw the Chicago Bears. I I put that tweet out last night at like 11:30, and mm-hmm. I had a couple of people from Chicago saying like, this is the Bears. Worst nightmare, bear fans. Worst nightmare because they, the Bears, very much feel like they hold all the cards. Like they have immense leverage. Yeah. Like I see Bears fans talking about, we're gonna get Marvin and we're gonna get multiple ones and we're gonna roll with Justin Fields. I saw something else where it was like, it, it was like Max Crosby three ones, two twos to the Raiders for for the number one overall pick. I think the Bears and their fan base they're in for a reality check when it's Caleb Williams one one to Chicago. And I think like as much as I love Kyler Murray, like as people pointed out in the chat, he's got Caleb's got Eagles. he's got flaws, but he's cheap and and they will consider it like I, I, I don't think they'll consider it certainly at number two or number three. But man, if if we're sitting here in two weeks and they have the first overall pick, we're ba- you basically light your draft board on fire. It's it, everything that we previewed, everything we've done, I think goes out the window and, and literally becomes the most incognito offseason of all time.
1: Well, Ian Rappaport told Jody Ayler last week that he thinks Kyler's market would be bigger and better than um Justin just fields. fields. Yeah. So, um not only would you have the ability to draft quarterback the caliber of, of Caleb Williams and I understand like very similar skill set to Kyler Murray, just a little bit bigger. He's instead of 5'10", he's 6'1". Uh runs more to make throws, not so much to to run to make big plays with his legs Um, but very similar as far as their skill sets and arm talents there. Right. And then there, there's the maturity issue, right? You, you want it, you're going to have to develop and he's going to have to, you're going to have to see it in real time. The maturation hopefully of, of the leader of the quarterback and Caleb Williams, but then you would get something in return from Kyler. And then also you would have that pick again with, with Houston. So like there, there is a like a multiverse where that's a very real possibility and that happens for the Arizona Cardinals. And like for I think any organization that has won one, if they don't have that conversation, at least that's organizational malpractice. Like this is just what you have to do. And if you make the decision to move forward with Kyler Murray, I understand that but you're going to have to be pretty precise as far as your game plan. And I think they are in a, in a good situation of building around it. And again,
0: we would have to go through all the layers and all the the headlines of would Caleb Williams even entertain playing for the Arizona Cardinals? For sure. Would he, would he pull in Eli Manning? Like, I, I think that's a possibility with Chicago, you know, Washington, there was a report today. They're infatuated with him. It's like get in line. You're picking three. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think again
1: they i think about themselves in the jaden daniels
0: right you, I, like, I i i think was to... saying
1: that that now there's three quarterback prospects and they included the heisman trophy winner who used to play uh, at su sports illustrated
0: did a mock and they had all three of them go 1 2 4 and the cardinals or 1 3 4 and the cardinals take marvin second all i'm i'm here for that <laughs> do it do it push it down but i i think it would be easier for the cardinals to say if Caleb rubbed them the wrong way, we're going to roll with Kyler Murray and we're going to trade him. We're going to get assets. And maybe you can still find a way to get Marvin Harrison jr. In that scenario. I think it would be more difficult for Chicago. Assuming they got the house and they say, Caleb come here. We're going to, you know, set you up with an offensive coach. And he just says, no, thanks. Like then what do the bears do? Do they like take Drake may like I, the Cardinals have a contingency plan. If this happens Now we are still a long way for this happening, but I do think it's, it's worth discussing because of who the Carolina Panthers and who the Arizona Cardinals face each of the next two weeks, it would take a Herculean effort with the state of this roster for the Cardinals to win one of these next two games. I, I, that team could not have looked less talented or at sometimes more disinterested in playing against Chicago. And now they have to go to Philadelphia and then the Seattle Seahawks and, and their, you know, hundreds of fans are going to infiltrate state farm stadium in week 18 and you've got a fourth and fifth string defensive line and third string linebackers, I mean, it, it's going to take a Herculean effort. Not to say it can't happen, but I, I, to your point, I'll echo it from yesterday. I do not think the Cardinals are winning another game this year. The way the Panthers have been playing, if they get back-to-back backups, especially if Tampa is sitting players in Week 18, if they come out, not only if it's Kyle Trask, their roster, I like, Their their roster, Tampa's been good this year, is not deep enough to start backups upon backups and beat Carolina's once. I don't care who you you are. Carolina will will run the football and win that game. DJ Chark and Adam Thielen have been playing good football. DJ Chark had over 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Packers.
1: Johnny, they lost lost 28-6 to to the Saints. They lost 28-6 to to the Saints a Bad matchup.
0: They've lost (laughs) some close games this year. They have every incentive. Is they're a bad team. Bad like teams
1: that. lose. They find ways to lose. They're going to they're gonna find a way to
0: lose one a of bad, the Give teams. me a bad team versus like third stringers in week 18. And you will strike just in, in, fear Carolina. in Johnny Venerable's heart. In Carolina.
1: <laughs> i <don't laughs> okay. tell you right now. Caroli- in Carolina, like that's a home field advantage? They're selling yeah, tickets for 45 cents, dude. There, yeah. was, there was nobody there. They beat the There's Jags the Jackson. one guy. The one guy. Go, go, Bryce Young. Go go Bryce Young go and that's going to like that's going to sh- just rattle Tampa Bay Buccaneers if players to their core
0: if they beat the Jaguars this week I'll make a prediction on the show next Monday mm-hmm. the
1: Cardinals are getting the first overall pick okay you know what i hope that happens so you make that prediction cuz i want to see it do you want that you didn't answer my other question do you want the number 1 overall pick Um, I'm with everybody. Like I, I would, I much rather just be be easier. Like, can they just be in a position to get Marvin Harrison jr. That's all I want. That's all, that's all I want. I I was fortunate enough today to hear Paris Johnson jr. Wax poetic about his former teammate, uh, at Ohio state. He was talking to Tristan Cologne, who is a Missouri alum. And they were talking about, you know, who was going to win the bowl matchup between the Buckeyes and Mizzou, and normally you'd be like, oh, that's a slam dunk. It's going to be Ohio State, but their quarterback transferred out. And Paris Johnson Jr. said, if the greatest player in college football plays, Buckeyes are going to roll. And he's talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. And he was talking about what separates Marvin Harrison Jr. from other good wide receivers. Because Paris was talking about this, and he's saying, you know, i play played with some really good receivers from high school level to playing with Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets, Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. Um, But he says that there's a big difference with a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. because he said he would get there for breakfast, and who's out there catching passes? Marvin Harrison Jr. Who's there when he's leaving? So at 6 in the morning, Harrison's there. When he's leaving, 8 o'clock at night in Columbus, who's there? Marvin Harrison Jr. His work ethic, along with his unbelievable God-given talents that were – You know, handed down from his Hall of Fame father, Marvin Harrison, who caught passes at the highest level from Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison Jr. outworks everybody, despite any of that. And that has to just get you absolutely geeked about the Cardinals' potential of getting a wide receiver like that. Yeah,
0: it's crazy that we're sitting here, and it feels like it's almost predetermined, but instead of the Cardinals winning a game or two to push them out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes, they could be losing two consecutive games and putting them in the conversation for the first overall pick. It's v- it's a very fascinating dynamic. The one common denominator, Cardinals continue to lose games. Uh, Chaz, $1.99, Super Chat, thank you so much. He's got back-to-back. Can't we trade with Carolina if we urgently want, urgently want Marvin Harrison Jr.? Well, I mean, I th- and I'm assuming he means through Chicago's pick. Mm-hmm. I think that the Chicago Bears, if they pick 1-1, there, there is a very low chance that they go receiver first overall. If they have a new head coach and new, maybe not a new GM, they have DJ Moore, they have Cole Komet, You're telling me it's either going to be Caleb Williams or like a package of five picks or Marvin. And I love Marvin and everything Bo just said. Marvin, he you know tears his ACL next year. You're in the same spot if you're Chicago. You have to, you have to make a count. And I, I think the Cardinals, if they pick two, will. Their preference would be to take Marvin Harrison Jr. because he'll be available. I just mm-hmm. don't see the Chicago Bears. Benjamin Albright, we've reiterated this. He put this out on Twitter. Said the Chicago Bears are are very likely to move on from Justin Fields. Like that, he's and that's but not Adam good He
1: joined our podcast last week. Adam Hogue said, if you're a Cardinals fan and you're rooting for Marvin Harrison Jr., you should be rooting for the Chicago Bears to get the number one pick via the Carolina Panthers. And then I watched Hogue again today talking about Justin Fields. And saying, if the debate continues to even pick up his fifth-year option, what are you even doing thinking about moving forward with this quarterback? If the debate remains real, then what are you doing? It feels like your decision is made for you, especially if you're sitting 1-1. I do agree with you. I think that it's either... They take Caleb Williams and pivot at the quarterback position, trade Justin Fields, get whatever they can in return, which is going to be decent because there's going to be some quarterback hungry team and some offensive coordinator that is believes in his ability to tap into Justin Fields' uh, potential. But they either take Caleb Williams or they trade out for a Hall of Picks and then sitting right there at number two overall, open arms is Monty Austin for it. And he's, he's talked about this. He talked about it with third overall last year. He's going to weigh the risk and the reward. As far as trading down, if you trade down out of a spot to get Marvin Harrison jr, you better be able to get, you know, the package of picks that's going to equal the production that you're going to get from that caliber of player. And I would,
0: I would argue with anybody that they're, the value that they got last year of trading out of three and what they got in return, Mm -hmm. a right tackle that has immense promise that hasn't missed a snap this year. And oh, by the way, additional resources in this draft. I like Will Anderson Jr. He's got five sacks on the year. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. Right. The Cardinals were not a Will Anderson Jr. away. I disagree wholeheartedly with the idea of trading down from two for watered down version of what you could just take it to. Like I know, people yeah. were talking up Roma Dunzi and Malik Napers, and and those guys could be great. I think will be great to some degree. Marvin Harrison Jr. I hate using like the term sure thing. He's as close as a sure thing as there is in in the draft prospects mm-hmm. that I can remember. Like Panay Sewell, everybody knew was going to be great. He's the best tackle right now in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Jamar Chase had that same tag to him. Larry Fitzgerald, once upon a time, you know, and we talked about this before. There have been very few. The hit rate on receivers when they are labeled generational typically translates nine out of ten times. I think at worst you're getting a Pro Bowler for ten years, and at best you're getting a Hall of Fame level receiver. Like people picked apart poor CeeDee Lamb when he came out. He's a slot receiver X, Y, and Z. He's mm-hmm. got an outside chance at sixteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. I mean, like, what are we even doing? If if that's if that's what you're getting from Marvin Harrison mm-hmm. Jr., you take him. You absolutely take him. So I, I think the decision, that's why I'm very confident. If the Cardinals are picking two, put the ticket in now, it's over. Assuming the medicals check out, he declares, which he's out of the bowl game. Sounds like he's going to declare. And there, you know, Jessica in the chat, I miss Fitzgerald so much. You touched on this earlier this week. There is a level of not pressure from Michael Bidwell, but you know, Michael Bidwell, the owner, is going to be much more pro. Let me get my next Larry Fitzgerald, my ambassador of this franchise, on top of Kyler Murray, print the jerseys, print the money instead of, oh, we're taking another quarterback and I have to eat this money with Kyler Murray and I'm, we're eating the money with Kaim and K- Kingsbury. And it's just like, we don't know if Drake May is going to work out. Caleb checks all the boxes and he's and he's productive from day one. You can't even say that about Caleb Williams. Marvin checks all the boxes.
1: No, he does. And then some already going to come in and be one of the hardest working players in the organization. And for Paris Johnson jr. To see firsthand Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave guys who are on the rise in the NFL level, top receivers on their respective teams. And then say, there's a difference even between those guys and Marvin Harrison jr. And Marvin Harrison, another thing he said is a very soft-spoken young man. Is that who's that remind you of Jessica? Well, Larry Fitzgerald, right? So, and as you pointed out, Johnny, what would it be? It would be 20 years, basically. Very since,
0: poetic. Yeah. Almost to the pick. Now the Cardinals were picking third. Now they're going to be picking second, which helps their odds to get him. So I'm not complaining about that. 20 years. And that, And listen, it it's suddenly become too, like when we talked about Marvin in August and September and October, You just take him, he's the best player. He fits a need now that we can't overemphasize because of how bad the Cardinal receivers are. They can't get open. Hollywood Brown, where is he? DeAndre Hopkins is off this team. Michael Wilson hit a rookie wall. You need him. It's Mm -hmm. not like a luxury. Like when the Cardinals drafted Larry Fitzgerald, they had, I don't know, Anquan Bolden off an Offensive Rookie of the Year campaign. You have nothing at wide receiver to build off of outside of Michael Wilson. It 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 makes all the sense in the world. Whereas for Chicago, it makes zero sense other than let me fanboy out on some YouTube clips (laughs) of Justin Fields running around and look at this with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cole Komet. That's not real football, man. Like you're gonna saddle a third head coach with Justin Fields, as I I love I love to say this to the Chicago Bear fans because I love them. I grew up in Illinois. The fuck you are, you're getting a new quarterback. <laughs> you're getting a new head coach. You're not taking him first overall. 0.000, 000 <laughs> put the popcorn down and, and enjoy your, your franchise quarterback. Congratulations to Ryan Poles. He, they took advantage of Carolina. It mm-hmm. blew up in Carolina's face. You're going to reap, potentially reap the benefits of that. You're not, you're not taking Marvin to pair with Justin Fields. You're taking Caleb Williams. Hello, end of story. Assuming he wants to play there.
1: Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, We talked about the the ticket prices for Charlotte, about the Carolina Panthers game, 45 cents gets you in the door. Find that on your game time app. You could probably find some tickets that finale, if you wanted to just have to pay for the airfare, get down there and, and watch it and see if the Carolina Panthers can lock in the top pick for the, for the bears or gift it to the Arizona Cardinals, Johnny. Yeah. You know, game
0: time, there's never been a better time to use game time. And I say that with all transparency, bowl season, NBA action. I've been to a Suns game this year. Oregon Liberty right around the corner, uh, I would imagine is a hot ticket in town. Uh, And then you can also talk spring training games right around the corner. There's so much good stuff going on on top of the Cardinal finale against, could be the the Marvin Harrison game. You might want to keep your tickets up to secure Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, But do it with our friends at Game Time. 20 bucks off your first purchase with the code PHNX. Again, it's the only ticketing app I use. I use it to park. I use it to get my tickets. I check them out same day. They have like, you know how other vendors have like lightning deals? They do that. And like, I've been at games and I've checked game time. And like, you can get in second quarter, third quarter for like pennies on the dollar. It's fantastic. It just, it's a lively app. It's not an old school app that takes forever. It's like plug and play. I'm all about easy, convenient ticketing apps. Download it today. Create an account. Again, PHNX bonus code 20 bucks off your first purchase hell that might cover most of your purchase terms and conditions apply but again PHNX is the bonus code to get that 20 dollars off bowl for new customers
1: absolutely and also the best place to go save some money while getting some unbelievable eyewear is our friends over at shady rays it's premium polarized shades that are built to last it's an independent sunglasses company that's a world-class product but not at a world-class price You can actually save a ton of money by using the promo code PHNX. When you log on to ShadyRays.com, check out two or more pairs of the sunglasses there. Full product line on the website, and you'll save yourself 50% off two or more pairs of ShadyRays sunglasses. They've got an insane protection plan on all their eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose, you break a pair. Well, They're going to actually send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, long after your purchase. Check them out, Shady Rays. they got a store up in North Scottsdale, Kierlin Commons. Check that out. You can even use that promo code. Tell your sales associate. They'll honor it there. But easiest way to do it, log on, ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code, for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
0: I love the engagement in the chat. Uh, if you haven't already consider dropping a like, it helps yeah. circulate the video around the YouTube algorithm here. Chaz taking a shot at our boy K $1 99. Thank you, Chaz. We can always give K one three inch booster cleats. Come on, man. <laughs> How about just some bigger receivers? Like I was trying to think the other day, like Kyler's most productive receivers. They've all been bigger guys. D hops over six foot AJ green, Trey McBride. He was good with Zach Ertz, Farrell Cooper early in his career. Fitzgerald. Like, I I mean, show me the elite quarterbacks in the NFL that only have small receivers. And I I, like Kyler knows his shortcomings, like physically. It's like, Mm. why would you placate to that? If you're, if you're a quarterback that doesn't have mobility, guess what? Your head coach, you're probably your general manager, build up the offensive line, right? Kyler is shorter than most quarterbacks, give him bigger targets. I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: No. Uh, I mean, it's just, more often than not, the bigger, faster, more physical wide receiver is going to win battles, right? Mm-hmm. Like unless you've got elite speed, elite separation all the time, and you're a uh, really rock solid route runner, you know, at five seven, five eight, five nine, it usually, it, you know, it, it this game usually favors the the bigger, stronger, more physical guys.
0: I'm catching strays in the chat from Stephen Johnny. No short laugh out loud. I, I mean, yeah, I do. I don't play NFL wide receiver though. Uh, I'll tell you what though, that ball, Rondell Moore hit had him hit right in the chest on third down last week. Oh. I at least would have tried to jump for that. It definitely would have hit off my face mask though. Merv, our guy, another super chat nine ninety nine. We can all dream and hope the way Johnny does. If we drink enough kilt lifters from Four Peaks Brewery, you bet your ass, Merv. That's that's how we get things <laughs> done at the venerable house after hours. We, we dabble in some four piece and then we get on the PFF mock draft simulator. We That's start right. m- mocking up some trades. We look at strength of schedule. We're doing the homework so that this show can continue to be the number one Arizona Cardinal podcast, Bo.
1: That's right. We're we're living this. We're a bunch of sickos. We're on the mock draft simulator when we're not uh, on air with everybody else or in the discord hanging out, yeah. uh, having a blast. Just thinking of better times that are in the near future of this organization. I mean, two more weeks, like 10 more days. Cardinals football. You got a game on Sunday and then you got one more game after that seven days from then January 7th against the Seattle Seahawks. and then that's it. No football for Cardinals fans until next August for the preseason, but you got a lot of things in between, including 13 picks in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the future looks bright, you know I mean as far as the the head coach position, Obviously with in in a real hectic week where he goes back to Philadelphia where they're up in arms still over his exit. And then you got Monty Osfort, who has set this Cardinals team up to have just an unbelievable offseason. And you think about what could have been. Like what were we talking about just at nauseam at this time last year? Uh, the Sean Payton tracker.
0: Yeah. We have our Monty tracker during the season. We had our Sean Payton tracker last. I mean, technically, it wasn't even the off season. We started talking about it, I think, in early November, and then you know it came to fruition with his visit here. We had the great video from Cam Cox, Channel 12, and uh that picture with he and Michael Bidwell. And um the, the Denver Broncos they've had a, a really nice season in route to seven wins, uh, <laughs> and they have subsequently benched their quote unquote franchise quarterback and uh, appear to be. Dead set to take on a historic amount of dead money by releasing said quarterback Russell Wilson this offseason, Bo.
1: It all went down in flames, right? And what you know, I think people were seeing at the beginning of the scene season when they were just a hot garbage disaster, right? When they came out and they got a 70 burger hung on them by the Miami Dolphins, and we were right. pointing and laughing as they went through the Vance Joseph experience and as it sometimes does it comes back a little bit and that defense gets going but then when they got themselves back into the playoff race they folded like a like a folding chair mm-hmm. and like a cheap one from Walmart and they despite you know Russell Wilson's nice statistics or whatever when you watch games you realize that something's off with this offense there's no consistency to it there's no rhythm to it and You've seen very recently him at odds with his head coach Sean Payton. And it's just like, I, I I don't know. That obviously that seems inevitable, a divorce. But then armed with just six draft picks next offseason, that dead money, all that money they spent this previous offseason to try to get this team back into, you know, a contending roster. I just don't I don't know if Sean Payton ever gets these guys to five hundred, Well, You talk about the Cardinals resetting the roster like
0: the the Broncos tried to take the opposite approach of just like throwing money at their problems. Like would they like a mulligan on that Zach Allen contract or it really kicks up into high gear next offseason like you weren't in a position to compete this year. But you I I think to Sean Payton's credit, like if the Walmart people threw like 90 million dollars at me, I would try to make Russell Wilson work. But there, you texted me off air today, like, who is going to be their quarterback next year? Yeah. It's going to be like Bo Nix or Ryan Tannehill, or, and they're going to try tooth and nail to be like a 500 team next year. In the, AF, the quarterback-rich AFC. Um, I'm sure that they feel like now, with these last couple games, it's in their best interest to lose said games. They have their first-round pick this year. Like, could they sneak in on a Jaden Daniels? I don't know. But to me, it's like, their their roster, you're going to see the, the the cracks in the foundation, like the Cardinals had when you miss on so many draft picks and then subsequently ship out a bunch of picks to thanks mm-hmm. a lot guys Seattle, which kickstarts their rebuild. Like you mask it for a little bit with some veteran in free agency and they've got some nice veterans there, but like the meat of the roster is bad. We've seen that, and so now it's like you're you're going to be on the hook for all of that Russell Wilson money, and you're mm-hmm. really going to start to feel the lack of those draft picks. Whereas the Cardinals are on the opposite end. They took their medicine this year. They've got a quarterback in-house. They've got 13 draft picks. They've got $70, 80000000 million. And they've got a regime that has immense clarity on what they want to do. And what they want to do is they want to put a winning product on the field in 2024. They expect to make the postseason. Like Sean Payton can go out there when we see him at the Combine in March and say, yeah, we expect to be in the playoffs next year. How is that going to happen? Like, I can envision a scenario in which Kyler Murray, a boatload of money, free agents, a robust draft class, the Cardinals win nine games next year. I can easily see. Baker Makefield's in the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah. I can see that happening tomorrow. Fourth-place schedule, easier schedule. Like, Denver Broncos, Patrick Mahomes, you know they'll be better. What if Jim Harbaugh goes with Justin Herbert with the L.A. Chargers? The Raiders are very competent all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like, the Broncos, to me, this feels like quarterback purgatory now team purgatory were congratulations on your perennial six, seven Mm -hmm. wins per season.
1: Yeah. It looks like the end of Peyton's tenure in New Orleans where they were in cap hell and they just couldn't like generate enough talent. There wasn't enough via free agency or whatever they lacked or had in draft capital to, to really swing it in one direction or the other. And it's just like sitting there in in, in a type in some sort of NFL purgatory. And it's like, if you're not competing if you're not on the rise, if you're not in complete rebuild, if you don't have a true direction of your organization, and it it becomes like that Kai mask, like, well, we're never rebuilding. It's like, well, then you're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some times where you go from anywhere from like, you're, they're a seven, eight team this year, and they're probably going to be right around seven or eight. And like, what does that get you at the end of the year? Like, oh, like, great. You competed, but also... What did you actually contend? Did you mm-hmm. compete for something special? And that that organization would they make themselves out to be this these pre last two off seasons like yeah. something they're not right now, something they haven't been for a long time. I mean, Since this is going to continue. This is the this is going to continue one of the longest droughts in American sports right now, with not getting to the postseason and not being a five hundred team. Do you think now with
0: what we've seen from Sean Payton that? It had they hired Sean Payton, that Kyler Murray's days would be numbered with this franchise. They dodged, I think
1: they dodged a serious bullet. And this comes from somebody that thought, you know, Sean Payton puts you in a position to do what they tried to do in Denver. And thank God they didn't try to do here. They understood the assignment. They understood that this thing was more than just adding talent to the roster. This needed to be taken down to the studs. Yeah. And ju- what was necessary had to be done and they did it. And now they got to rebuild this thing that it would have been it would have been a disaster if they brought in Peyton and, and you're right. It, I could very well see the the quarterback position being dealt with how it's been dealt with in in Denver. And well, you know I mean without the grace of hey you've got an ACL injury and in you're a brand new offense.
0: Vanessa's saying being in the middle is a bad place to be it I 100 percent agree. Not to contend or get a high draft pick it's very much how the Cardinals operated as an organization from about 2000 to 2007, 2006. Every year it was like contention. Let's sign veterans. Let's get a veteran quarterback in here. And then until they, you know, caught lightning in a bottle, and they had some some solid draft classes in 2004. Like it was like every year the Cardinals were five and eleven. Never bad enough to get the first overall pick, get a quarterback never good enough to make the postseason. And it just it feels like the Broncos epitomize that now. And mm-hmm. they, I think, didn't they want Aaron Rodgers to go with Nathaniel Hackett? And that didn't work out, so they pivoted. The Bears tried to get Russell Wilson. Like, I, 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 I've still got the tweet up to this day. I thought, based on the Russell Wilson I saw kick the Cardinals' ass for a decade, I thought it was a huge heist for what the Seattle Seahawks were losing and what the Broncos were giving up. I thought I thought mm-hmm. the Broncos wholeheartedly won that trade. Because the Russell Wilson I've known for, for forever, the Hall of Fame player, is a complete culture shifter. But Pete Carroll was right. Turns out they were absolutely 100% right. And mm-hmm. now he's a player that I don't know if he's got an NFL future. I'm sure he'll be on a roster somewhere yeah. next year. But he's a year-to-year player now. So c- certainly an end of, of the era. But I, I think the the stark difference is like he's in his 30s, man. He's got a lot of mileage on his body. He was drafted in 2012. Kyler Murray was drafted Seven years after the fact. And so I I saw a lot of people trying to do apples to oranges on Twitter today saying, see, look, they ate all their dead money for their quarterback that's not (laughs) producing. Come on. Are we really going to do this? Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray, I don't know how long he's going to play football, but in my opinion, you've got a really good shot to be competitive immediately next year if you just tinker with some things. Whereas Russell Wilson, it's clear to them, they can't win with him.
1: Uh, AK deadline saying does Nick Rawls deserve another year at DC? He obviously has more to learn, no doubt about it. I think this entire coaching staff has a lot to learn, in uh, all three phases, no doubt about it. But especially the first year guys, JG at top, to Rawls to Petzing. But like, you can't. I don't think you can remove Rawls. He's one of the was one of the hottest hotter commodities this off season. He's a young up and coming coordinator at 30 years old. And he was asked to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. As far as the roster goes, I mean, defensively, uh, where, where's the talent outside of Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson? Defensive line up front, probably the least talented group, position group in the NFL.
0: Blaine in the chat, he's got two comments here. I'm going to read them back to back. Okay. I think, listen, they're they're well thought out. Um, I'm in disbelief that people really think Monty Osborne Ford has seen enough to move forward and build his entire team around <laughs> Kyler. It's unreal. No chance he's sold on what he's watched the last two and a half years. People are acting like Kyler's Monty's guy. He's worked his entire life to get in this position. And I'm not sure he wants to saddle himself with Kyler. So though, a very very real points. Mm-hmm. Especially you're in a position to take a quarterback. The easy thing is to just say, is just cut bait with K1, take one of these college quarterbacks. Here's where I would push back. And here, what we touched on a little bit on yesterday's show. The Arizona Cardinals roster is in such disarray that you need to go at the top of the draft and secure as many sure things as you know. And also, and I was texting with my buddy Seth Cox today, and it's like, Kyler Murray comes back next year and you put a competent team around him, you have a good chance to win eight to 10 games if he stays healthy. We've seen that. He, he's won 11 games in the NFL. If you take a rookie quarterback, it's I, I think it is borderline, as you have mentioned, football malpractice to take a Drake May and put him on this roster. You might have the first overall pick like Carolina did. Like Carolina's roster was better than Arizona's this year. They have the first overall pick. So you can be confident in your evaluation of, of Drake May or Caleb Williams. Doesn't mean that you're not going to lose a bunch of games. I think the better alternative, and I this is the, the route I believe that they're going to go, because I know Gannon and Austin Ford love what they've seen from Kyler Murray, is that you build this roster up and collect as much talent as you can through the draft and supplement some in free agency. You try to win games with Kyler Murray and hope that he continues to ascend and has a bounce back year next year. But guess what? If he doesn't, you can take a quarterback at any point outside of 2024. Take a quarterback in 2025 in the second round. Go get a Jalen Hurts. And I know that's easier said than done. I would imagine Jalen Hurts, a lot of his success came from the infrastructure of that franchise. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz goes down. He's not playing well. Listen, they've got They've added Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. They've got the best offensive line in football. They've got running backs. They've got Dallas Goddard. They've got Zach Ertz. Do, the Cardinals are not in a position to support a rookie quarterback. They literally sacrificed their fifth-round rookie to the Cleveland Browns and had the worst <laughs> performance by a starting quarterback of the last 20 years. It's, it's really now to the point where I don't even know if this is a Kyler Murray argument anymore. He's got a lot of money that's owed to him. You don't want to have the dead cap. Build the roster up. Michael Bidwell is going to look at the roster and say, Austin Ford, you added a couple pro bowlers in the first round. Look at our roster. And then Kyler Murray is going to elevate it to some degree. And if you feel like you need to get to the next level and you can't do that with K-1, do it with somebody else. That would be my pushback on on replacing Kyler Murray. It's
1: a great point. A couple great points. No doubt about it. Uh, Still, three-win season. Has he turned to the OGs? After about just about every game, right? Yeah. You go and you get your favorite flavored bag out and uh, you're sitting on your couch and, and you're, you're taking your woes and you're helping them out by our friends over at OG's brands. Go to og'sbrands.com f- Find the winning combination for yourself because their cannabis experience. It's not just fit towards one experience. It's tailor fit to what you're looking for from your gummies. They've got a variety of bold flavors. OG's gummies are a slam dunk for your taste buds. Plus, you can customize that experience, just as I said, based on the desired effect and strength. Go to ogsbrands.com, O-G-E-E-Z brands.com, and find out which gummies are for you right now. They've got the fruits. They've got the creams. They've got the mixed bags. they got their mouth-watering pegs, raspberry, orange, RSO, and there's something for everyone in the OGs lineup. Check them out, your local dispensary. I encourage you to follow them on your socials at ogsbrands And once again, check out that website, ogsbrands.com, for the full product line. Got to be 21 years or older. Uh,
0: I'm going to tell you right now, the best decision I ever made financially was pivoting to Desert Financial Credit Union, which is also the credit union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals for more than 84 years. Desert Financial has been Arizona's most largest trusted local credit union, dedicating to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make life better. They've got financial experts standing by who are committed to their members and the community. They can hook you up, checking savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. And rock the Red Sea Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. I do do the same. Show your team spirit. Check them out. Desertfinancial.com to get started. I promise. Just takes a couple minutes to sign up. We'll get your debit card in the mail just a few days after the fact. Best part about Desert Financial... On top of their elite customer service, they've got a ton of locations. So if I need an ATM, don't want to pay an ATM, fee at a random ATM, I know there's a Desert Financial Credit Union just in arm's reach here in the Valley. Check them out again, desertfinancial.com, Bo.
1: See, Marco Wilson got claimed off waivers from the New England Patriots, so he'll go to Foxborough. He'll play under Bill Belichick maybe for the next two games. Well, probably won't be in the lineup this week. Maybe he gets to play in the finale or maybe it's somebody they want to have on the roster beyond this season or kick the tires on Marco Wilson. Also look like, uh, according to field Yates that Denver had made a claim on Marco Wilson. So they wanted to reunite him with his old DC Vance Joseph. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. But he was like, like the one rookie that played for Vance
0: Joseph because they literally had no one else. And he, he, mm-hmm. He plays best football under him. He had that picks, awesome pick six against Andy Dalton on Thursday Night Football. But uh, listen, I, I hope he finds success elsewhere. Card- he clearly Cardinals had no plans for him. They were mm-hmm. like, "Please leave." And so <laughs> we'll see if he—if he, if he six, New England though, like is Belichick even going to coach that team next year? He'll—he'll he'll probably be available.
1: He got rid of Jack right? Jones, who now has a couple pick sixes for the Raiders in the last couple of weeks and playing Pretty a sweet. decent high clip. But obviously, he had character issues. Marco has had, never had any like true character issues off the field, like they dealt with with Jones who, you know, tried to take allegedly two firearms through TSA, which is yeah. ridiculous. But Marco Wilson now, you know, he goes and this is his next chance to continue his NFL career. So I think they get him for the the one year that he has left on his contracts now that I believe since they picked him up off waivers. So uh, much like the Marco Michael Carter thing with the Cardinals, the Cardinals benefit having Carter under contract through 2024. So Marco Wilson goes to the Pats. We'll see if he can stick with uh, Belichick or whoever may be the next coach there. What do you make real
0: quick of this Jair Alexander situation in Green Bay? I oh. joked on Twitter. They're both Louisville graduates. He and JG. So he's yeah. getting to Arizona. He's 27. Looks like the
1: Packers are like super pissed off. Well, I what an absolute knucklehead move that he right. had. Come on, Carolina. He, to, he was his hometown. He wanted to go out for the coin toss. So he just strolled out there, not a captain, and then he's making the wrong call, basically. He's out he said, there. He 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 said, he meant. He's saying, we want to defend. And luckily, somebody was like, you want to defer? Yeah. I mean, he's just like, I was out there because it was my
0: hometown. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Sounds like a guy being a dude, having a good time, trying to play <laughs> ball. I, <laughs> I have no issue with it. But he's he, that. But you know what? That's the kind of move the Cardinals need to make if if they can't sign a free agent quarterback. Go at cornerback. Go and go and find a team. What are you that, giving up for Jair Alexander? threes, A third. One of the third.
1: Third. He's a top corner in this league,
0: despite him being a idiot. Uh, Lafleur looked like he was about to lose his shit on him. I, I could yeah. see the Packers trading him away for spite. Making a make an example, maybe two threes, a three this
1: year, a three next so, year. Get your rose colored glasses off. I'll give you a like Johnny negotiator I'll give you a uh third or a fourth round pick for one of the top corners in the league. I know he's a knucklehead, but man, for him to he's still like locked in on a big money deal, he extension is. that he signed. I think he's gonna make around 24 25 million. I, I mean. I I I know he's like that's it's inexcusable what he did, but and and I can look past it, but they're not they're not just gonna give him away. I mean, they played hard, hard nosed negotiations with Aaron Rodgers, who made it clear he's not coming back to the Packers.
0: They're sitting him in a game they have to cover Justin Jefferson with like trying to make the playoffs. I think it's justin Jefferson who's the quarterback for the Vikings doesn't matter. Nick Nick Mullins looked good last week, Nick Mullins. What? If Hawkinson and Addison don't leave that game, the Vikings might win that game. Did you watch that game? I did. I did I too. Game. It was You're, terrible. Threw some bad, know. bad interceptions. Chaz, another super chat, ninety nine. Honestly, I have no faith in Drew Petzing. I think that Drew Petsing is going to go into a pivotal year next year, but you cannot fire Drew Petzing after one year when he hasn't had a starting caliber quarterback for the most of the season. And also, this roster... Receiver wise is just not any good. But I, Arizona, I, Arizona animal look good.
1: Mick Mullins, he look good. Did you watch the game? That's funny that you titties. said that to us. You watched the game. I did watch it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't
0: think we were watching the same game. I guess not. See, I watch football. You know, I'm just locked in. You're you're casually walking <laughs> around. You got a four peaks in your hand. I'm a cash. You know, yeah, you're
1: casual. Let's no, but sign me say. up. Are you. If there's a way to get Jerry or Alexander, absolutely. That's the type of guy that can completely transform your secondary. But I, don't I don't think, think so. you're getting, I think it's going to cost you more than one of your thirds. I like, I hate this term
0: because I, I don't think you can win in the NFL because people aren't like this, but they like, I don't want to say they want Boy Scouts, but they they want like high character guys. And yeah, either, like after this shit, I mean, yeah. Petzine's got as part of the Shanahan tree with Lafleur. He's got right? his
1: shades on.
0: Yeah, he's like, I mean, what do I, I do? <laughs> it's a, it'll be a time Kings Kingsbury move for sure, but not a not an awesome a move. I man, they've got so many needs. Like you, you got you got to make sure this offseason you're going to do splash, but you're also going to do chalk meat and potatoes. Where like you're making investments, you got to be. There's sure. There's no corner that, in the draft that's as good as Jair Alexander. No, there's no corner in this draft that's as good as Jalen Johnson. This draft's cornerback class, I've started looking at some of these guys. They're they're solid, but they're, there is not a sauce gardener. There's no, no. Devin Witherspoon. I no. mean, like, they're, they're Cardinals number one and maybe number two corner are not coming from the draft. Like, you, you, you could play a lot of... You could play Kool-Aid in the NFC West against Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup. I would imagine it's not going to go very well for a while. Like, mm-hmm. whereas these tackles, these receivers... I think you've got a better chance at that being an immediate plug and play.
1: What are we doing, Aris? Jaden Daniels is the best QB in the draft. Are we, are we drunk? Do we need to go home?
0: Aris is a big Jaden Daniels fan. I'm, okay. I want Jaden Daniels to be drafted high, so I, I won't take the Jaden Daniels slander, even though in the bowl game for ASU two years ago, he literally looked like if, they, if a quarterback got injured and they put a wide out at
1: quarterback. That's what it looked like. Derek, John, AZ need a front seven before you think about CV. Look, they need everything. You gotta, it's, 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 uh, it's rush cover and you gotta be able to cover. And if you got undrafted free agents, you got guys like uh, six rounder and keychaul Clark, it's it's nice to see how competitive those guys are, but that's your on your back end. You you need to an upgrade. And if if somebody becomes available and you know they've got the draft capital, they've got the cap space what are we doing? I mean, I'm not saying like torpedo your draft and infusing this roster with young talent, but you know, you got a guy that's in his prime controllable. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Derek, John, this is what we can tell
0: you on this show. Been encouraged and reiterated to me corner a veteran corner is a top priority for them. They mm-hmm. like their young corners, Garrett Williams, Keytrell, Clark, Starlene Thomas, like, those guys are all going to be on the team next year. Those guys are all going to be better in year two. You need experience. They want a better version, obviously, of Antonio Hamilton. They want somebody in their mid to late 20s that can come in and say, I'm CB1, everybody else fall in line and grow into whatever kind of player you want to be. You you don't get that in the draft. Like They'll take a corner, but like mm-hmm. whomever is lining up week one next year if they face the Niners against Debo or Brandon Ayuk is going to come from a different team. It's not going to come from internal. Whereas like the front seven, you could get a pass rusher early that can start right away that can get you 10 sacks. That happens all the time. Or a tackle that can start at left or right tackle, or a receiver that's going to be starting at X and Y. Corner is it's such a difficult position to, to have it translate. That's why I'm really encouraged by how well this group has played, this young group. I mean, they've they've shown me something where you can definitely mm. build around them, but you need an alpha. They don't have an alpha.
1: Yeah. And a dog, no doubt about it. Eddie Jalen Johnson is 25 as well. Yeah, I mean, the Bears let him hit the market. Monty Osford. Can I give you a scenario? The
0: Cardinals (laughs) sign Jalen Johnson. The Bears take Caleb. Their fans are in a tizzy. They can't, they just vomit all over themselves. Cardinals get Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, And so they steal Jalen Johnson, they steal Marvin Harrison Jr., and they have to start over with another quarterback. I would love that. I need that scenario (laughs) to happen. I would absolutely love that. And I listen, I like our friends at CHGO. I yeah. grew up in L You just hope hours, the worst for them. I do. I grew up two hours no. south of Chicago, and Bear fans are literally just the most <laughs> agonizing fan base. I cannot. The algorithm on X and Twitter is pushing Bear's content at me because of this mm-hmm. Fields, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison situation. And the naive comments I'm seeing about Field. Somebody, somebody responded. I sent you a screen capture last night. Justin Fields is an MVP caliber player with Marvin <laughs> Harrison Jr. And I'm just, I got to get off the app. It almost made me want to delete Twitter when I saw it, that comment.
1: It, yeah, what you sent me was with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Joe Alt and the 85 Bears defense, and he it, it needs, like, the Brock Purdy setup. Like, if he just had the perfect team around him, he'd be an MVP. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You need all pro at 20 21 positions And then Justin Fields is going to take you to the mountaintop. The guy that had a 71 passer rating against the Cardinals peewee football defense. He's an MVP. (laughs) Stop. Just stop. Take your quarterback away from it. Oh man. Yeah. You got to check out the latest from our guy, Howard Balzer. go phnx.com sign up to become a diehard today because not only are you going to get insight like Howard's giving you on a weekly basis with, with game stories, leading you up to the game insight in and out of this organization. But of course, once we hit the off season and you're craving Cardinals content, what they're going to do this off season, how they're going to approach free agency, who's going to be on the roster and who's not. And also What's going to happen with the NFL draft? Make sure you are a diehard today because we're going to give you exclusive content and exclusive insight into the pre-draft process, into the Cardinals offseason. Become a diehard today. Get ahead of it. Go phnx.com and also just bolster your entire wardrobe with great PHNX merchandise at the PHNX locker. Johnny's got the T-shirt on, the Hollywood T-shirt. We'll probably hang it from the rafters once he leaves via free agency or retire that shirt. Then you got the true all-timer. You got the hoodie here, the PHNX script hoodie. Don't miss out on that. You can find it at the PHNXlocker.com.
0: Um, if you want to support the show, all I need everybody to do drop a like, as many likes as you can, and then leave a comment down below. Chat comments are great. If you leave a comment down below, it helps exponentially. All the data nerds tell me that that really helps the show. So if you could do that for me and Bo Brock and Jacob and Damon Dog and PHNX Cardinals, that would be incredibly helpful. On top of subscribing to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcast. Hey, guess what? We were off Monday, which means there's a show tomorrow, a special Thursday show. And I think it's just about that time for Bo Brock and I had to unwrap our first post-Christmas mock
1: draft ooh, tomorrow. Ooh. Set your calendars. It's a 4:30 show, like normal, Bo. That's right. And we got a special guest from Pro Football Focus. Brad Spielberger is going to join ooh, us. Oh, Brad. Yeah, I didn't even know this. Yeah, he's going to join us. And uh it's going to be fantastic. Don't miss out. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel, PHNX Sports here on YouTube, wherever you follow find podcasts, leave a five-star, leave a review. We appreciate you. For Producer Jacob, for Johnny Venerable, I'm Bo Brock. We'll talk to you tomorrow. PHNX Cardinals.